everybody, welcome to Save Your Sorry. I am your host, Katrina Rochelle, and I am here with my best friend and co-host, Jose Angel. How are you today? I'm doing great. How are you? Ooh, I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. <laughs> All right, so today for this episode, me and Jose are both going to take turns talking about two different celebrities and their scandals. All right. Would you like to go first or would you like me to go first, sir? Mine's kind of a downer, so I think you should go first. Okay. All right. All right. No problem. No problem. So today I decided to do Bobby Womack. Are you familiar with Bobby Womack at all? I cannot say I am. Okay. I'm not going to lie. Besides his, like one of his biggest hits, if you think you're lonely now, honestly, I wouldn't be that familiar with him either. So the whole reason I decided to do Bobby Womack today was because I was on Twitter recently and they had like the little tidbit, the little scandal about Bobby Womack and Sam Cooke. And we'll get into it, of course. But I had seen that previously like a year ago and then I'd seen it again a couple years ago. And it's like this annual thing where the scandal gets re-revealed on Twitter and everybody's either talking about like, oh my gosh, I didn't know this. Or of course you didn't know this or they're just saying, you know, Bobby's trash. Interesting. But, I know Sam Cook is dead, right? Mm-hmm. Is Bobby still alive? I know Bobby passed, I think in 2014. Oh, okay. I'm pretty sure. That's bad. I don't know that. That That's also another thing. Um, I kind of stuck just to the Bobby Womack and Sam Cooke scandal, because as you do your research on both Sam Cooke and Bobby Womack, I think in the future, especially uh, if and when we get this Patreon running, they would be great full episodes on their own because they have both lived extraordinarily great lives but also very troubled lives as well and and you could dive so much deeper into a lot of things about their characters their families and their music careers i kind of stuck to the scandal and so we'll just kind of get into it all righty all right so as you know the ojs famously said all you fellas who have someone you really care yeah then it's all of you fellas who better beware, yeah. Somebody's out to get your lady. A few of your buddies, they sure look shady. Blades are long, clenched tight in their fists, aiming straight at your back, and I don't think they'll miss. Because what they do. Now, obviously, that's from Backstabbers. Never heard it. Ooh, that's a shame. You're going... Going to hell. <laughs> <laughs> when I listened to Backstabbers by the OJs, I had listened to that earlier this week. And definitely after uh, reading more about the scandals, those those songs are just match made in heaven. Is Bobby Womack in that? No, I just wanted to quote no. OJ's Backstabbers. It's a great song. Y'all should listen to it. I, I didn't <laughs> want to do it as a media, but I definitely need to sneak that thing up in there. Okay. <laughs> So before we start throwing knives at Bobby and judging him and everything, let's go back. Let's let's rewind to when he was born. Bobby Dwayne Womack was born March 4th, 1944 in Cleveland, Ohio. His parents were Naomi and Friendly Womack. He was the third son of five boys total. This makes Bobby not only the middle son slash child, he is also a Pisces. Pisces, a middle child. That's a dangerous combination. I mean, the thing is, I was going to say the same thing, knowing I don't know anything about that shit. (laughs) (laughs) "Mm -hmm, Middle child Pisces. Ooh. (laughs) (laughs) So Bobby and his family lived very poor, very, very poor. They lived in a one room home, small home. Uh, The bed was for the children. They all slept in the same bed while the parents slept in the living room. All five of them? All five of them in one of them beds. The parents are in the living room. It, it was tight. Or Bobby was right in the middle. You know he was. Sometimes we're talking about, Bobby said they were, they were picking meals out of garbage cans. Ooh, yeah, that's very bottom of the barrel. Mm-hmm. 
But of course, you know, they had love, they had each other, their family, and they had the church. The Womacks were very religious. They were Baptist Blacks, <laughs> which if you know about the Baptist Blacks, you just know, you just know. Um, his parents were involved in the church. His father was even a part-time musician uh, and had a gospel group. His uh, mother, uh, Bobby quotes his mother as saying, you can sing your way out of the ghetto. That basically that being the only way he was going to get out the, the ghetto as, as fast as possible was singing your way out. And Bobby's father supported him, especially after this particular story that Bobby tells in an excerpt in his autobiography, Midnight Mover. Basically, Bobby's father friendly had a guitar. And so one day Bobby was messing around with it and uh, broke a string on it. He tried to fix it with a shoelace and had thought he did a decent job Um, (laughs) until his father came in and obviously noticed the shoestring and that somebody's shoe was missing and puts together it was Bobby. So he tells Bobby straight up, yeah, I'm gonna whoop you unless you can play this guitar. That's the With only the way shoelace string? Yes, basically like the only way you're gonna save your ass from this whooping is if you play your ass out of this whooping. <laughs> and apparently Bobby did. He And he was left-handed and there were not left-handed, well, they didn't have a left-handed guitar. So he was actually playing the guitar upside down to suit his needs. And he strummed that guitar, impressed his father so much that not only did he not whoop him, Friendly Senior went out and bought guitars for all five of his boys. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Talk about support. Yeah. So um, his father even went a step further, got all his sons together, especially noticing how they used to like mock him and his friends doing their gospel rehearsals and stuff and got him into a group called them the Womack Brothers. Uh, they call a quintet. It's five of them. Yes. <laughs> you know, sometimes people don't know. I mean, we're not going <laughs> to say who, like I didn't know, but you know, some people don't Them forming this group was like in the early to mid 50s, maybe like 53, 54. I'm pretty sure it's like at least 53. So Bobby is like around anywhere from seven to 10 years old. So he's really young. Yeah, really young. Yeah. So during this time, they're kind of not touring, but they're visiting churches and visiting places and they're performing uh, as a group locally and kind of around the Midwest. And that's kind of where the Womack brothers meet Sam Cooke, or as he was known, Sam Cooke with the soul steer, soul stirs, steer, stirs, it stirs. Sorry, it stirs. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Most people who aren't too familiar with Sam Cooke, um, he was a very influential soul singer and songwriter. Um, he was most known for his songs, A Change Is Gonna Come, Cupid, and Bring It On Home, amongst other hits. Which one was I Was Born By The River? Is that where... a, a Change Is Gonna Come. Okay, yeah, that's the one I know. Yeah, I know that's the one you know. I think you also know Cupid. You just, uh, you, I would have to play it for you. Yeah, I feel like I know more of his songs, but like off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. So um, Sam Cooke also came from a bigger type of family. He was the fifth child of eight children, and his father was a minister. So this is kind of where you kind of see some of where Sam's life kind of mirrors a little bit of Bobby's. Before Sam sung any of his classics that I just named, he was first the lead singer of the Soul Steers, which is a gospel group. Um, He became the lead singer after the previous lead singer had left the group in 1950. And that's where their paths intersected on like the gospel circuit. The Womack brothers were chosen to open up for the Soul Steers at a church. And then Sam Cook is reportedly was reportedly so interested into the brothers. He took them under his wing and went to mentor them. So as he does this, they go from, you know, touring locally to like little churches and stuff. Sam Cook kind of gets them onto bigger, a bigger platform, more national, doing bigger shows with bigger gospel acts. For example, the Staple Singers, who were more gospel back then, 
you would probably know him more for their contemporary hits, hits like Let's Do It Again and I'll Take You There. You probably, I definitely know I'll Take You There. It sounds familiar. Ain't Nobody Crying? Hey, uh, yeah. Uh, you can't sing it. Right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so soon, Sam decides as he's mentoring this, this group, but also doing his own career, he's deciding he wants to cross over to more secular music away from gospel. As much as he appreciated gospel, he knew that if you really wanted to become not only a known success, but you wanted to reel in more money, gospel was not at that level yet. So he decides to cross over. And then in 1960, he starts his own label, SAR Records. And with SAR Records, he ends up persuading Bobby and his brothers to come and sign with him. And persuades them to kind of cross over into secular music as well. Okay. Um, it starts off slow because when he does bring them in in 1960 to 1961, they did try to record and drop a, a few gospel records, but there was just no, no traction on it. Nothing kind of came of it. It was flopped. So then he talks to the brothers about sticking to it, actually recording secular pop, R&B music, and dropping the Womack brothers and branding them into the Valentinos. Much better name. You think so? Yeah. Got a problem with Womack? It, it doesn't have a ring to it. What? <laughs> it don't. <laughs> <laughs> they started to take Sam's advice and they started to go away from their gospel roots. But, you know, word around town reached Friendly Senior, their father, and he was not happy. They uh, playing the he- devil music. You took the words literally right out of my (laughs) mouth. He says that he also throws them out, throws them out the house. And when Sam Cooke hears about this, he wires the brothers money to buy a car so then they can travel to L.A. to stay with him or stay in L.A. to record with him and be all in on the records. You know, the record company, whatever, the label. I was like, what is it called? (laughs) A label. As the Valentinos, they put out singles. Uh, Their first single was uh, Looking for Love. Um, And one of their uh, bigger singles was uh, It's All Over Now. But apparently before It's All Over Now could hit its full potential, Rolling Stones covered it. And it kind of knocked their momentum. So it kind of took theirs out of contention. And instead raised the Rolling Stones. Mm. When Bobby first heard about this, as anybody anybody probably would be, he was pissed. He he didn't like that. Um, but when Sam Cooke kind of told him about, you know, your publishing rights and your masters and all that other stuff, and Bobby got that big ass check because he wrote uh, "It's All Over Now," he he was cool. He sh- he shut the hell up. You know, <laughs> I, I would too. So. And though I can see why Bobby would be mad about it, though, the Rolling Stones coming in and taking the song and the Rolling Stones are a white group and the Valentinos are a black group. And this became like a a hit in the UK for the Rolling Stones. Yeah. So it was like it was definitely bittersweet. You get your money, you get your pain for your work, but it wasn't you that brought it to the top. Um, yeah, I mean, you want the money, but I feel like at the same time, you do want the fame. Definitely want some accolades. I, I like I like money, but I do like credit as well. Yeah. He got that big royalty check. And this is all over. It's all over now. Came around 1964. So in a, from the time period of 1960s to 1964, Sam Cooke's mentoring the Womack brothers as a whole. But he's mostly taken to Bobby, of course. And because he wants them to essentially make it, they're his protégés. He kind of enlists them into like a, I guess you could say a a boot camp um, to show them the ins and outs of this performing lifestyle. And he puts them on tour with James Brown. And apparently James Brown around this time was very uh, perfectionist, hot-headedness. So he definitely let let it be known if he wasn't happy about something that the brothers were doing or how they were singing or something like that. And they kind of, they had to grow up quickly. And there's a lot more people who are in their lives during this time, but you know, I'm, you know, I'm trying to shorten this up because I'm definitely going to talk about them, you know, soon. Uh-huh. Time. 
So um, also during this time, once they leave James Brown, Bobby uh, gets employed from, by Sam as a backup guitarist in his band. But tragically, December 11th, 1964, Sam Cook's killed by a motel manager acting in self-defense. So I'm going to tell you the story of how Sam Cook died. Okay. And then you tell me how you feel about it or what you think. Okay, because I don't know the story. Yeah. So um, Sam Cook is... Uh, he's he's he went to like a diner restaurant you know he was drinking he was eating whatever earlier in the the night um he comes across this girl named elisa boyer i've also seen her just be lisa but i'm gonna go by what i've seen the most which is elisa boyer he meets her and whatever the discussion may be they go to a motel and the discussion may be i'll explain that later because there's been different um what's the called accounts and people have theories so they end up at a motel room it's uh at a motel uh called the hacienda motel it was known for being one of those three dollar an hour motels basically indicating that if you were there you were not going to be there long so it was kind of one of those motels prostitution what so they go to the motel room and during that time in the motel room, Elisa leaves with not only her clothes, but most of Sam Cook's clothes and calls the police and says that she was kidnapped. She says she ran to the to the motel manager first, their office, but she didn't get a response. So then she ran to the telephone and called the police. That's what happened. During this time as well, Sam Cook, who was in the bathroom, comes out of the bathroom in the motel and sees not only that is the, the chick gone, but it, most of his clothes is gone. So he he grabs his one shoe that he has and his like top coat, his sports coat, whatever you want to call it. And he hightails it to the manager's office and he starts banging on the door and he's like, Hey, where's that girl I showed up with? Where's that girl at? You know, is she in here? The manager, um, I can't remember her first name, but I know it was Franklin. We're just calling Miss Franklin. Miss Franklin is basically saying, there's no woman in here. Don't come in here. Like, But he apparently makes his way in there, busts through the door using his shoulder or something like that. She feels threatened as he's coming to her and apparently grabs her, grabs her up, grabs her wrist, and she gets a gun and she lets off three shots. And she says the last one that hit him in the chest reportedly. Yeah. And reportedly his last, his last words were, you know, lady, you shot me. Oh, I know. Ain't that sad as hell. So that's kind of where that story ends. Um, The police show up. They interview Miss Franklin, the motel manager. Uh, she tells them basically what I just said, that she, this man busted in, was belligerent, and I felt threatened. So I grabbed the gun and I shot him. Elisa Boyer is eventually picked up and uh, picked up for questioning. She gives her account. What she says happens that night was that she met Sam Cook, and they got into a conversation or something like that. And... Um, he, I guess, offered her a ride home or he was supposed to take her home. But when he got into the car, when they got into the car together, it was, oh, and apparently he was in a Ferrari. I don't know if that's important or not, but I, 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 I'd be amiss to not mention it. Yeah. Apparently when they got in the car and they're driving, he, he did not take her. He did not want to take her home. He instead says, we're going to go to this motel. She says he coerces her into the motel room and then as soon as they get into the motel room he pins her down and she's saying that i just knew that he was going to rape me and she says that he's like um touching her uh like molesting her or something like that and then he eventually goes to the uh he lets her go to the bathroom she said when she went to the bathroom she tried to escape out the window but she saw that the windows were shut or Paying it shut or wouldn't open or something of that nature. So she came back out. He was abusing her again. And then when he went into the restroom, 
that's when she took her chance to escape. And she says that she didn't mean to, but in her haste, she grabbed most of his clothes. Um, And she didn't realize that until she was already far away from the room when she tried to get help. So that's what each person says. Um, What do you think? Okay. Well, if she was just trying to rob him or something, then why would she go for help? You know, she could have just went left. Yeah, but only only she says that she went for help. Like uh, the manager didn't hear. She didn't confirm that part. Um, Well, I'll tell you what ends up happening to her later. Um, So she was apparently a sex worker. And in later years, she ends up getting convicted of second degree murder of an ex-boyfriend. Yeah, but that doesn't mean she murdered Sam Cook. No, 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 not murder. But it was highly likely that she could have been robbing him. But here's the thing, though. Even if she was doing all that, she didn't kill Sam Cook. Yeah. She she just put him in a messed up situation. It was old girl, Miss Franklin, the motel manager that killed him. But everybody is thinking that Sam Cook, well, also they found out after he died, his blood alcohol level was 0.16. So he was drunk. Yes, he was drunk. But what most people dispute out, out of the whole thing is that whole Elisa Boyer situation. I they, they don't like the way he got killed, of course, and there's conspiracy theories about that, but they definitely think old girl was lying with the whole, she was coerced into going to the motel because some reports were shown at the diner that they saw that they were going willingly together. Um, but that also could be misconstrued. She, I mean, you could still be getting forced and look and trying to not make a scene. But um, it's just so crazy the way he he did die, because this is during a time where he was also speaking about civil rights. And so you got people who have that type of conspiracy in their brain where people who talk out about things uh, get silenced. Yeah. And then he was just known as such a, a decent guy and such a great guy that it was crazy that his his death was so violent, essentially. That is true. And I mean, you could be a decent guy, but it doesn't mean that you do something crazy. Yeah. I don't know if she was forced. Like, it just seems weird to me that she would run. And do you know what articles of clothing she had of his? Um, She apparently had his pants and his shirt. And the thing is, at the diner, they were saying that Sam Cooke was flashing big amounts of money, but they found a money clip with like a hundred and something dollars in his Ferrari. He didn't have any credit cards on him and he didn't have much money on his person when, you know, he died. Cause I can see, you know, you trying to escape and you grabbing everything in the haste and like just running. Mm-hmm. But I don't, I could also see you <laughs> taking pants because most men carry their wallet in their pants. See, I'm just saying, I'm but just she took his to- shirt. Why would she take his shirt? Why she take everything? Because she just picked and the clothes. There, there were situations where, you know, prostitutes or sex workers were robbing the men that they were in there. It could have been a botched robbery attempt. And I think that she got arrested for something like that later. That, but then yeah. later she just got she got convicted of second degree murder. So that mostly what they're doing is just calling her character into question. Yeah. But yeah, even still, um, she's not the one that killed him. They also said something like um, the mob could have been putting a hit out because of somebody else owing a debt to somebody else and taking it out on Sam. But that's like a far-fetched one. But, you know, they have all types of things. Uh, they Oh, I guess I was going to mention this later, but I'll mention now. At his first funeral, I guess the mortician, or is that the one who does the arranging of the body? the mortician the undertaker does like the undertaker okay or the, uh, when you say arranging the body like you know fixing it and yeah doing like that. makeup and all that i guess mm-hmm. that would be the undertaker or magician if he's doing double duty okay yeah so that person apparently they didn't do such a great job because at his first funeral because sam cook had two in chicago people were saying that he looked beat up they have etta james one of the one of the attendees at uh, the Chicago funeral was like, 
she was shocked to see that Sam Cooke pans and his the bones and all his hands and body looked to be like broken and his face smashed in a little bit. And it looked like somebody put a beating on him, like more force than a woman could have if she just shot him. You could know? that be from decomposition and rigor mortis? Exactly. You never know. Like I said, it's all it's all it's all part of conspiracy and nothing's been uncovered. So likely nothing is going to come out of it. it. I think it's just at most a messed up, tragic way to die. And that's just how it happened. It could have been a multitude of things, but it could just be a tragedy above all. But we just like talking about the could be's. So, like I said earlier, Sam Cooke had two funerals, one in Chicago, Illinois, where uh, people like Etta James, like I just said, Muhammad Ali attended Dick Gregory. And then he had his second one in Los Angeles, where um, Ray Charles attended and infamously Bobby Womack attended as well with Sam Cooke's widow, Barbara, and even wearing one of Sam Cooke's suits. Ooh. I know, spicy, ain't it? <laughs> well, he was very close to Sam Cooke, it seems like so. So you wear a dead man's suit with his wife on your arm? Was Okay, was the wife on his arm or was he like supporting her? He was supporting that ass on his arm. <laughs> is this like speculation or is this? I mean, it ain't too much speculation for too much longer after I say what I'm going to say. But that's okay. what he, but he attended the funeral with her wearing a suit. How much more of a statement can you make? That, I don't know. I don't have all the facts yet. That's true. Let me give them to you. <laughs> Sam Cook was survived by his widow, Barbara, and the kids that they had. Well, um, let me just tell you, Sam Cook had some kids. He has some illegitimate ones, but I'm just talking about the ones right now with Barbara. <laughs> so, okay. uh, his kids, Linda and Tracy. Unfortunately, they did have a, a son named Vincent, but he died when he was 18 months when he drowned in the family pool. When Bobby and Barbara showed up on the funeral, you know, everybody was turning heads, but it wasn't until three months after the funeral when Bobby married Barbara at 21 years old and Barbara 29, that people were really upset. So, okay, I know how that looks, but isn't it like a common thing when someone dies and two people know them, like they end up like getting together? I feel like that's a thing. I think that's a thing in TV. Where didn't Dog the Bounty Hunter like marry someone? He tried to. Like, like his wife and, knew. And she was like, the person didn't want to do anything with dog. I mean, and both people have to be in on it, right? Oh, 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 I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I'm, he just got married. To who? But Hold Beth on. knew, did Beth okay him doing whatever he was going to do? I, I don't know. I haven't really researched it. I just... No, he got married and they were talking on the show about. Well, now we got to put this on pause because now we got to learn about Dog the Bounty Hunter. Yeah, hold on. Let's I pause. hope you're happy. <laughs> so no, unpause. That's, that's not the same thing. First of all, in this so... case, we would be focusing. <laughs> There's another For, dead and, and here's here. the thing. Also, Sam, I mean. What, who who's these people? Uh, Dwayne, what's Bobby. her? Bob's this Robert Bob Frame man didn't raise Dwayne in a gospel group and lead his brothers to freedom. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, I f- I feel like that's a thing. It could be a thing, but I don't think so. Not the way that they did it. I don't know. I I don't think so. I don't think it was right. And. Old girl was 29, and he just turned 21 when this happened. King Henry VIII married his brother's widow. Like I said, they might think it's right, but it's not okay. (laughs) But uh, also, here's the thing I, I really feel. As much as I thought, you know, Bobby deserves, you know, people not liking this happening, 
I felt like there was not enough flack, but also I was not alive during this time. There is not enough flack given to Barbara at, at for this period of time, because what wh- what was you doing? Because Bobby kind of you could see it from his his end. This is his mentor. Um, he w- he was very close to him, and maybe he wants to protect Barbara. Okay, but she's the older woman. She knows that this, first of all, people aren't going to be in favor of this, whether she she was deluding herself or not. And second of all, it was only three months and it was his protege that you decided to do this with. I, I think she should have got more flack in that time period than Bobby should have. But Bobby was the one trying to be a singer. So I can see why people are mad and it also makes people speculate, oh, or maybe they're having an affair beforehand or mm-hmm. something like that, or she's moving too fast. But yeah. But I'm not um, one of them. <laughs> <laughs> okay, love is love. <laughs> so yeah, everybody was appalled. Everybody was mad from Sam's family to Bobby's family. Barbara and Bobby, you know, say F the haters, you know. <laughs> exact quote exact quote they said f them haters and they just decided to make a life and a home together with you know themselves and their well his now stepchildren but not everybody is ready to move on his family didn't support the marriage so they they abandoned him radio stations mostly empowered by sam cook's fan base radio stations stopped playing his music because not only is he in the Valentinos, which starts to self-destruct because who was leading the Valentinos career? Sam Cooke. Yeah. But also his solo career that he's trying to go out and establish is unfortunately falling into the toilet now, too, because everybody's thinking, nah, you're the betrayer. You, 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 you're sleeping with your, your mentor's wife, you know. So DJs are either throwing out his records or they're just refusing to replace refusing to play them they said even uh, he got booed at shows they said it was a nancy wilson concert and apparently like nelson uh nancy wilson like shouted out the couple or like put the spotlight on them or something like that where she said who was in the building and when she like said sweet they're... or mean no like you you know how celebrities sometimes do like look who's in the building i got oh, this okay. person like it was not not trying to put him on blast i don't think she was nancy wilson <laughs> don't seem like the put him on blast type but uh when she said their name boo oh damn boo. <clears throat> so yeah he they was they was he was he was getting he was getting shitted on <laughs> so charlie sam one of sam cook's brothers and let me just say, you need we need you you just gotta Google a picture of Sam Cook's brothers and just know I'm not fucking with them either. <laughs> I, I bro, I'm scared looking at the picture. But um Char- Charlie, one of Sam Cook's brothers, uh puts puts Bobby on notice and basically says he's quoted as saying in Bobby's bio- biography, Midnight Mover. He says, man, anybody could have married Sam's wife, but you, Sam loved you, man. If you ever come to Chicago and then just stop, just left it there. Like you, if you ever come to Chicago and, and Bobby knew what it meant, he knew, he knew that you're getting your ass beat. I, I guess I see where people are coming from. Like, you know, that's your best friends, your mentors. He put widow. you on. Like he gave he, you a home. He made you one of his own. But if it was... He was wearing his cologne. <laughs> I, I guess, yeah. I guess there's no loyalty there. Because, I mean, you said they got married three months after... Mm-hmm. Sam Cook was murdered or... Yeah, after... Justifiable homicide, whatever you want to call it, self-defense. And they showed up at the funeral together. He died in December. His, his funeral in... LA was early January. So you got the speculation of how long did they wait? But also, or was it already going on? Yes. But let me put a pin in that real quick though, right? Because like I said, they they wrong for how they did that, you know, they was getting together or whatever. But let's not ignore how Sam Cook died. 
he was Sam Cook was getting some strange. Yes. And he was a married man. Regardless if we think she robbed him or did not rob him, which I can see now that maybe she did rob him. But <laughs> <laughs> look at you coming, I, after coming I around. About it. <laughs> but I um, think they were probably both having affairs, but they weren't messing with people who were close to them. That's how I think about the Cook's marriage. And so when Charlie is saying this, maybe he's even acknowledging that, hey, Barbara Wyland, you know, she be, she be, she was going to do what she was going to do. But you, man, we trusted you. We loved you. And especially Sam, why would you do this? You were pretty much part of the family and Uh you screwed him over. You spit on his grave. (laughs) Tell us how you really feel. I love it. (laughs) No, that's not really how I feel, but But I I see what they're saying. Yeah. And that makes me see your side more. Whereas, okay, that could have been more common. Like you said, the whole grief situation, finding somebody who y'all were close with and, you know, vibing and then getting together. But that doesn't mean that stuff like this didn't happen, which is your family turning your back on you, which I think maybe did happen to those people who, who had solace with people who maybe they know they shouldn't have been solacing with. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so, yeah, so Charlie Charlie puts uh, Bobby on notice and says, if you ever come to Chicago, bitch. <laughs> and this is where I kind of, I did kind of like Bobby for a quick second. And uh, Bobby said, you know what? If I'm about to get my ass whooped, I don't want to be surprised by it. So um, he says, he said him and Barbara flew to Chicago. They checked into this hotel. I think it was the Roberts Hotel. And he calls Charlie. He calls him and says, hey, bro, exact quote. I'm just, <laughs> <laughs> hey, Breezy, I'm all, in the hoteezy. Come seize me. All this modern slang. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, he really, he tells he tells Charlie he's in Chicago. He got on Twitter and he was like, <laughs> he was like, hashtag fight me. Hashtag, I got your brother's, let me stop. (laughs) (laughs) Too far. Hashtag too far. Of course. (laughs) All right. So, um, yeah, he tells, he tells Charlie what hotel he's at. He tells him the room and, you know, come see me. Cause he, he knew what was going to happen. He didn't want to prolong it. And, and and I wouldn't either. How, How would you feel every time you go to Chicago, you, you twitching and shit, looking behind you, thinking you're about to get your ass beat. I mean, Chicago's a big city. I wouldn't even be that worried. I would be worried because of that. You might get beat accidentally, and it has nothing to do with that. (laughs) In Chicago, so yeah, he does that. Um, As he's telling... Does he show? Bro, yes. So Mm. in the background of him telling Charlie all this, Bobby says that Barbara's loading up her pistol. She's putting bullets in her gun. I guess during this, uh, Barbara goes to the bathroom. As she's in the bathroom or something. Uh, and this is her former brother-in-law. This is crazy. That's the that's what I was <laughs> like, thinking too. This is not just a random person. This she is someone loaded, she knows. She was loading up to fight. She knew these people <laughs> and she said, still, I got to have my gun. Like, but I, I get it. I get why she was doing it, but was she shooting to kill? But anyway, we'll get to that. <laughs> Um, she's in the bathroom when Charlie shows up with not only by himself, but with his two, uh, with two of his other brothers, David and LC. Um, Bobby says that soon as Charlie came in, it was only punched him all up in the head, beat him up, broke his jaw. They said, Bobby said he, he, uh, his head swelled up like a melon. His uh, some of his teeth came through his lip and he went unconscious. So it was did they jump him or was it just one at one? Uh, The thing is, he says, Charlie, he doesn't say once that, you know, they all started getting in. He mainly says Charlie. So I think it was like a backup situation. uh, Look out. Don't tell type of thing. Yeah, because if it was all three. Yeah, he only talks about Charlie getting uh, whooping his ass. If it was all three, why didn't she bring her pistol? So that's what I'm getting to, right? So, um, you know, Bobby's getting his ass beat, and I'm guessing he's emitting sounds. So Barbara comes busting out the bathroom, and she goes for the gun, right? Mm-hmm. She grabs it, starts shooting. Ain't no bullets coming out. Click, click, click. Oof. Why? Because Bobby took the bullets out when she went to the bathroom. Damn it, Bobby. 
Ain't that some like he he was trying to get an honorable ass whooping that he deserved. I don't know why he took the bullets out. I guess he, you know, no more bloodshed. But also, yeah. it was kind of crazy that as they was beating his ass and she was like, we got to shoot these motherfuckers up. <laughs> <laughs> well, by the way, he's making it sound like, you know. They was kicking it, killing his ass. Yeah, he was in his ass really be. I mean, I'm sure there's like blood everywhere and. Yeah, so you got a broken jaw and your your teeth are going. Through. I can just imagine like she runs out the bathroom, grabs a pistol, and she's like, "Not my Bobby!" And she like you know starts shooting. Not my baby Bobby, my baby Bobby, <laughs> not my Bobby baby. Oh my gosh, why are we? I should be like. <laughs> I don't know. You are not taking this seriously at all. Well, I've had a hard week. I gotta find my chuckle somewhere. <laughs> Unfortunately, they beat them and they leave. Um, Barbara was not happy about Bobby doing that, but you know, uh, the police come and see the extent of his injuries and they eventually arrest Charlie and he was probably going to do some hard time, but you know, Bobby decides not to press charges. He, he refuses or declines. And at that point, him and Barbara leave and they go on with their lives. I I, I can't knock Bobby for it. I mean, if he did, was having an affair with her before Sam Turk died, then he took his honorable beating. Mm-hmm. If not, he he did what he had to for love. Yeah, so, you know, Bobby's, Bobby's in love. You know, he sacrificed his body for his what he believed in, right? Hashtag you know, he, justice for Bobby. I mean, he, t- he, he, he took it like a man because he deserved it, right? Yeah. He, he's got no more filthy moves in him, right? Oh, I, I was hoping that was the end. <laughs> I mean, he couldn't, he wouldn't be doing anything else dirty, would he, right? He's like limping and she's like helping him to the car and then they drive off into the sunset. Yeah, but not quite. Oh. So, um, Bobby had mm, just another nasty move up his sleeve. And the problem is, is that I know when he got caught, but we, there's no real record of when it started. So... As you know, when Bobby married Barbara, he inherited uh, two stepchildren, Linda and Tracy. Yes. Um, At that time, Linda is 12 years old. That's 1964. So as one does, Bobby starts an affair with his stepdaughter. No. At what age? Don't know. Um, but it's crazy because Bobby calls it an affair, but we really know what it is. It's sexual abuse. And um, he describes it in his book as he would go to bed with his wife, Barbara, you know, wait until she was asleep and then sneak out and go into Linda's room and have sex with her. Oh, I was defending fucking Bobby this whole episode. What? What'd you say? What'd you say? Hashtag justice for Bobby. What'd you say that? <laughs> you let me. You <laughs> let me. Bro, it's so forget, good on this side. Sometimes I forget like that we're covering <laughs> like, celebrities doing horrible things. You've been calling me all types of motherfucking apologists. <laughs> I'm tired of it. Okay, but you apologize after the fact. I'm no, because you just wanted to get your repents in now. Listeners know who you are. No. Barbara ended up catching him. So one night he was, uh, he describes it, uh, and d- this time I'm not lying, the direct quote from his, his, his book is, I'm lying there, kissing Linda, then the light comes on. You dirty fucking bastard. What are you doing with my daughter? It was Barbara. So that's the quote. You know how old the daughter was at this point? 17. So, uh, of course, as predicted, Bobby gets the fuck up because uh, then Barbara brandishes her pistol. Yeah, I mean, you don't mess with pistol packing Barb. Like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Barb, bro, (laughs) shut up. Yeah, she chases him out, uh, chases him around the house, shoots at him um, as he's trying to escape out the garage, ends up grazing his scalp. And that was the kibosh on that marriage. But, and they end up getting divorced in 1970. 
But here's the whole crazy thing about this. And this is where I'm kind of going to wrap up the story. This did not come out until years and years later. So the biggest hate that Bobby got for this scandal was for Mary and Barbara and not so much about the sexual abuse slash affair that he had with his stepdaughter because it came out so retroactively that it wasn't I mean, you can't cancel a man who's not doing anything or and who he, was yeah. dead and when they the also talk about it later. He's the one who, like, self-reported on himself. Like, exactly. he wrote his autobiography. Yeah, so it's just, like, the height of his cancellation was when he married Barbara and they were stonewalling him in his career where he couldn't put out, he couldn't really establish himself as a solo singer, singer and had to revert back to being a songwriter and background guitarist for the greats he thought he would be up there with yeah he was doing stuff for ray charles and aretha franklin when he was trying to be on their level but had to knock himself back down because of that scandal but he the thing is later like i said i want to do a whole episode on bobby but later in his life he i don't want to say pay pays the price but he definitely goes through a lot of shit, a lot of ups and downs. A lot of stuff doesn't get better for Bobby. And unfortunately, in his death, things weren't good for Bobby. And so uh, one, and this is a giant conspiracy, both involving Bobby and Sam, but, you know, the public, and you know how religious people be, but the public says that because Sam Cooke and Bobby Womack both got their starts in those religious households being gospel artists, Hallelujah. they they paid the price for uh, crossing over and, quote unquote, abandoning or losing their gospel roots, their religious roots. I could see that. I could see not like what, what why people are saying that, like, you know, they sold out to the devil or mm-hmm. however you want to say it, the worldly. It's crazy because. Uh, even though he was at a low point, some of his biggest hits, like if you think you're lonely now, that didn't that came out in 1984, 85. It was a huge hit. That's almost like uh, a decade and change after his marriage to Barbara. So it's like he's in a whole different area um, era that people who aren't familiar with him don't associate that with them anyway. So he's allowed to flourish. So like I said. Bobby has ups and downs in his career. This was just a just a big low for him. Um, but yeah, I wanted to also mention some notables uh, that I learned about him that I had never known. Okay. First of all, he was like one of the last people uh, with Janis Joplin when before she died. No. Oh. Apparently, oh, also it says that um, they, you know, he used to hang out. He. Uh, recorded with her uh, for her last album, Pearl. And apparently his car inspired her to write Mercedes Benz. That is my favorite song. I I, I knew I had to mention that because I know you like Mercedes Benz. (laughs) (laughs) But also, um, apparently the situation was like uh, they were hanging out and uh, he offered her some cocaine or something like that. And she refused and they were hanging out. And apparently she told him that like, you know, my dealer's here. And as you know, uh, Janice was doing heroin at that time. Mm-hmm. So uh, her her heroin dealer was there and she told Bobby to leave. And that was the last time anybody saw Janice alive. <gasps> no. I know that's sad. That's wow. And then also in 1985, you know, like I said, a whole... Um, um, so 60, so, so almost, yeah, 20, 25 something years after the whole Sam Cooke situation, but Bobby Womack releases a song called, I Wish He Didn't Trust Me So Much. Let me read. Let me read. <laughs> okay, but that does not mean he wrote the song. He wrote the song. Okay. <laughs> Bobby Womack wrote almost all his songs like Sam Cooke did. And he wrote for so many other people, but that's another story. Like I said, we'll we'll dive in later. Okay, I'm the best friend he's got. I'd give him the shirt off my back. He knows he can trust me with his life. 
But each time he leaves me alone, leaves me alone with his wife. I wish he didn't trust me so much. I think he really trusts me too much. I mean, how can he be so blind? We both got some good taste. (laughs) But he should know when he's gone, gone on his business trips. I can't help watching his woman, but I'm losing my grip. Wow. Yeah. Ain't that some stuff? It was popular, too. <laughs> For a while, some people didn't even put the pieces together. But yeah. Was this when Sam Trick was still alive? No, this is 1985. Okay. Homie waited a smooth couple decades. And I also think that that was not just to that Sam Cook situation. I have a feeling... Bobby Womack was taking a lot of wives off people's hands back in the day. You can't just do something like that once and just be done out the game. Now nah, you was you was a player. Not Bobby. Not Bobby. Oh. But yeah, uh, that's kind of where I'm going to wrap it up. He definitely deserves his own episode, but he essentially survived the Sam Cooke scandal. Um, but he he paid for it. He paid for it a lot, both for yeah. his career um, and his personal life you know, his life, like his health, his livelihood. I mean, they, they were trying to take him out a few times, deservedly, especially with that Linda shit. But yeah, they tried to take him out a few times and then him falling into drugs certainly didn't help it. Well, I guess he kind of does get his own episode because this, we're at like the 50 minute mark. Damn so it. So we're going to split these episodes up. Um, we do like to end. Jose every- always likes to get out of doing episodes. No. It's not fair. <laughs> I was just gonna ask you. We can record it, but I do want to split can, them up. You, yours. Okay. 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 <laughs> <laughs> so we do like to end every episode of media. We get my story on the next episode. Oh, does this mean we do two medias? That is true. Oh, I like this. Okay. Okay. Do you want to go first or should I go first? You go first. All righty. My media today i guess i'll just shout out a podcast or some couple podcasts shout out shout out hey okay so the one that i've been really they don't have a lot of episodes out so i can't like binge them yet Mm -hmm. but they're called hits don't lie and they're so good yeah it's like it's 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 just a good podcast but they talk about i think they bring like four songs each and they have like a different topic like one time it was like one hit wonders and then other topic was um what was it it was a good one oh remixes or produced by dark child like you know destiny's child like they had the the dark child no 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 exactly so they have and i'm not doing justice um explaining this but they each like do four songs and then at the end they have to rank them and it is so good and the hosts are hilarious and then you're selling it because I'm interested because those are definitely <laughs> you, topics you, I really do like. The other day, which I haven't left a rating, I mean to, because I always like rate all their episodes, but mm-hmm. <laughs> there, I saw the episode come on and it was like 4 a.m. And I was like, I'll go to sleep. I'm like, well, damn, now I don't <laughs> listen to this episode real fast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it was so good. And I think it's bi-weekly, but. What's their name again? I'm going to look them up. Hits Don't Lie. It's. Hey, hey, I'm about to follow you. I, yeah, like um, you were, especially when you said Dark Child. I know, one, like One Hit Wonders is my favorite thing as well, man. Their next one is to be Two Hit Wonders, and I'm excited for that one. And I don't. A lot of the times with music ones, it's songs that I don't really know or like. And this one, it's like they be they play like a snippet of the song on each one. I'm mm-hmm. like. Like, I get so happy hearing the music. I'm like, and then how they talk about it. I'm like, oh, I love the song. Or I forgot about the song. Or, you know. Yes. I didn't know anyone else loved the song. It's such a good podcast. Like, people need to listen to it. That's why I keep my Shazam on me. Especially <laughs> up in a store. I'd be like, mm, let me just go and buy this pillar yeah. <laughs> and raise my phone real quick. Because I, I didn't know I liked this goddamn song. That too. The songs I don't know, they're kind of like similar to songs that I like. And I guess... I mean, I know songs that they like. It's their podcast, <laughs> but mm. you know, it's like if I don't know the song, I'm like, well, nine dollar give that a listen. Um, but that's my media. My media is misery. 
<laughs> How dare you? I'm just joking. That would be funny though. Um, so I recently, I guess I got two. Um, I still have mixed feelings about Kanye West. Uh just but then they're not as um mixed as R. Kelly, because th- those aren't mixed at all. He was just found so, guilty. Yeah, so I feel like R. Kelly, Kanye West, Kanye West is a little bit more forgivable. But anyway, I had uh spoken, spoken? I spoke to my sister and we were talking and she was binging Kanye. And for some reason that had gotten into my head the other day. And so when I was at work, um, they had this like I this Kanye West iceberg video, which I've been watching a lot of iceberg videos lately about, you know, you know what an iceberg video is basically? No. Uh, you So, you know, you have a, the tip of the iceberg where you can see what yeah. it is on top. And then you have the depths below where it goes so much deeper. Uh-huh. Essentially, the iceberg um, video splits the iceberg into levels from most known knowledge to the bottom, to the depths, which is stuff that is rarely known or not really known or talked about or hidden or whatever. So I had watched this two-part Kanye West one. And I feel like you should always support people. So while I try to talk about this, I'm going to try to find it so I can shout out the person. Um, But anyway, they were talking about all this information and there was like some songs I had never heard of and they were playing snippets. And so I was like, oh shit, let me look them up. And one of them was Violent Crimes. And it was off of the Yay album, which wasn't one of my favorites, but I listened to that, uh, loved it, found out Kanye West on one of his like Twitter rants, kind of confessed that he didn't write that. Actually, Partisan Fontaine wrote it, which I know him because I love Cardi B and him and Cardi B have collaborated and he's dating Meg The Stallion. So I was like, okay, that's tight. And um, if you listen to the lyrics, it could be about Kanye West because he does have children, but also Cardi has a child. And then the second song I found was this Kid Cudi song called Too Bad I Have to Destroy You. I love this song. I don't even know what it is about it. I think it's just the, the like opening chorus or whatever. But apparently this Kid Cudi song was a collaboration that him and Kanye West were supposed to do. But Kanye West was like so busy or just kept getting put off that. Uh, eventually Kid Cudi took the beat and the chorus and just did his own song with it instead. And I looked it up and just started to fall in love with it. So um, those, those are my medias. I gotta say, I fell off of Kanye after his solo album, My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. Mm -hmm. Or I think the one with Jay-Z, Watch the Throne was after that one. Really? Yeah. it was before. I don't know if it was before or after, but around that time period is like af- when I was like, after that, like I did not like his music anymore. Man, cool. And it's not anything like in his personal life because I don't really know much. It's more of, I just don't like the music. I've liked maybe one or two songs here or there, but it's not like, I used to love Kanye West. Like I love- college dropout. I used to listen to all that all the time when I went to drop out college. And... <laughs> <laughs> You and, loved saying that you were a dropout. Yeah, just like Kanye. I still say that though, but um, I think my beautiful Dark Twist Fantasy is my favorite album of his, though. I think you've told me that. Oh, uh, real quick, the iceberg videos were made by Rhythmic Reason. All righty, um, Rhythmic they're Reason. Pretty easy to find, but they they were very entertaining. They're like, um. Once a couple hours long, the other one's almost an hour long. But uh, yeah, I and the thing is, you said that, and I had I had said, mm, I don't know if it's the best Kanye West album, but there are so many good songs off that album. Isn't like, that the one where he did that little movie for it? Yes, you got Runaway. You That's got my favorite Monst- song. Yeah, Monster. That's my second um, favorite song. Blame Game, Power. Uh, what's that other one I like? was just on it i was okay maybe i said it already you did and there's some other ones that people like but i don't like those ones as much the one oh, that I... see see me now with beyonce and charlie wilson it's not available on spotify it's bullshit and that's on my 
dark, twisted, my fit, the, 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 that's the minute in your fantasies okay. in the minute. So it's dark and twisty. The favorite song, well, not favorite because Runner is my favorite, but Lost in the World is amazing. What album is that off of? My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. Lost in the World oh, with Bon Iver. Bon Iver. Iver. That one is such a good song. I haven't listened to that in forever. I well, don't know we do have to end this episode him. so we can record the other run real fast. If you want to reach out to us, you can send us an email that is at saveyoursorry at gmail.com. If you <laughs> was that someone sending us an email? I guess. If you want to send us a dollar or two, um, that's our cash app, dollar sign save your sorry. If you want to Hit us up on Instagram. It's what do you save, want? What do you want to sorry. say? What and was that? What was that? <laughs> our Twitter is at Save Your Sorry, but the your is spelled you are. And please rate us five stars. Tell your friends. Tell us what you like. Reach out to us. Share yeah. this. Subscribe. All that good stuff. Tell it's us what been you wonderful. Like. Bye. It's been, it's been real. Yeah. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>